Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. We couldn't do these podcasts without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another edition of the Educational AD, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is a good friend, Amber O'Malley. Amber is a certified athletic administrator and she's the uh, senior associate AD and the middle school athletic director at the Community School of Naples in Naples, Florida. Amber, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jake, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be a part of this and thanks for all you've been doing, uh, getting this podcast going for everyone to, you know, keep in good communication and keep learning. Oh gosh, well, well thank you. Uh, you know, we were very glad to get you, have someone from uh, Southwest Florida, you know, represent. Well, as you know, uh, the life of an AD is extremely busy, and we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and, and how your love of sports kind of led to this uh, career in athletic administration. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a fun one. So I'm in Southwest Florida now in Naples, um, but I'm not from here. I was born and raised on Long Island, New York. Uh, lived there my whole life up until moving here five years ago uh, for this job. Um, I played sports my whole life, started off super young. Uh, I actually started off playing soccer was my first sport. That did not last very long for me because I'm not a huge fan of running. Um, got into a bunch of other sports, softball, basketball, volleyball, tennis. Um, played those all through middle school, high school. Uh, eventually that translated into a college career for me. I ended up playing, um, my goal was to always play softball in college. So that was really my focus all throughout high school. Um, and I turned into getting an offer for both. So I wound up playing softball and tennis at a division two school on Long Island called Dowling College. Um, unfortunately, no longer existed. It actually closed down. It was a small private school, closed down uh, about three years after I had graduated. Um, but we're still all a close-knit group, everybody that went there. Um, and then from there, I went into coaching. Actually, in my senior year, I started coaching right away. A uh, middle school group that I was, I was subbing at a middle school, Shore and Wedding River on Long Island. And so I started my, uh, my mother worked there. So I was like, oh, I'll just sub there until I get a permanent job somewhere. Um, and so I got into working with the middle school there. The following year, they asked me to be the varsity coach, and so I took on, we had a good group. We went 
kind of far in the playoffs for our first year being together. And we had a, a fun group of like, it was half seniors and then actually half eighth graders. And that's pretty rare in a big public school to have eighth graders on a varsity team. But uh, we did it and we went far and it was a great group. Um, and so from there, I, uh, after that year, I was looking to move down to Southwest Florida at the time. And so I threw my resume out here into Collier County. Just, I put it out to the, the county ad center, kind of just felt like I was dropping my resume out of an airplane, see who would pick me up and take me. And uh, one day I was at work, I was subbing and I got an email from retired Colonel Bart Weiss um, asking me to come down and talk about working in the athletics department here. And I remember running to the office and showing my mom, I was like, mom, look, like I just got this email from a school in Florida that wants to hire me in the athletic department. How cool is that? At the time I was working for, I was looking to get a job in special ed. And uh, so to get an opportunity like that was pretty shocking for me and for my family. I was 22 and um, moving away was not really something that I thought I would do, but um, I was looking into it. And so I did, I took it from there and I made the jump and I have never looked back. Well, besides the obvious of, you know, wanting to, you know, live in, uh, you know, sunny Florida, you know, what, how did that uh, uh, become a target for you as far as a career? You mentioned you wanted to move down to Florida. Funny story. Um, somebody I was with at the time, I was engaged at the time, and he was moving down here um, coaching baseball. And so I just was trying to, trying to make that work. And so that didn't work, but my job did. So... <laughs> The good thing stayed out of it. Well, hey, well, again, we all have those twists and turns uh, that uh, that make up our career. Um, I'm always curious. Uh, in our profession, we talk about the importance of leadership and, and mentorship. And uh, I'm curious, who were some of your mentors uh, growing up, uh, either, you know, teachers and coaches uh, or even, you know, people that you've worked with or worked for? Uh, whose voice do you still hear when you're talking to your kids or your coaches each day? Um, that's a good question because I do always, there's two coaches of mine that I always think back to and I reflect back on um, the good times, good messages um, that I received from them and I still have good relationships with them. Um, my one travel ball coach, uh, Ken Passante, I was trying, I remember I was 13 years old and I was trying out for a new travel ball team on Long Island and I was just, recovering from a broken leg so actually my leg was in a soft cast and I was trying out for this softball team and the coach originally was like um is she like asking my dad is she going to be good to play and I'm like yeah I'm good to play and so from then on he just I guess he kind of just took a liking to me and we I wound up playing for him up until even after in college we played in summer ball leagues for him um so from the time I was 13 until I was about 21, I was um, in his league. And that was, um, he's, like, he's still like family to us. We still reach out and talk all the time and message and talk about, you know, the good old days. We would travel all the time. Um, and then another mentor was also my college coach, uh, Coach Deb. She's just, the relationships that she would build with her players is just something that I've always admired and that's something that I always want to, you know, I want to pass that on to my kids when I coach them too, that I want them to know, just like she always did. I'm always there for them, not just on the field. I could, you know, that's part of it, but it's more about the rest of life, their health, their performance in school, their family, um, their relationships that they're in. And 
you know, the person they become after they leave me. Uh, it's, uh, thanks for sharing that. I, I think it's important that we, you know, recognize and remember those people that, you know, had an impact on our careers. Um, you know, I first met you at uh, one of the national conferences uh, a few years back, and you were talking with some other ADs from Florida. And, uh, you know, to make a long story short, uh, I'd like you to share, um, you did, you kind of ran a, a pretty big event at your school. And uh, I, I think it's fairly unique. And, and I ask because um, uh, I think it's a great example of, let's say, a younger AD uh, really taking on a task and hitting it out of the park. Uh, and I think it's the opposite of, oh, uh, I'm, I'm young or I knew and, and I don't know what to do. So kind of share with our listeners, uh, you know, that big event that you ran. Yeah, so that actually, so I started working here in um, fall of 2015, and I would say probably within my first, within my first month, I was just, you know, I was still figuring out how to organize my desk then and all my files, and uh, one of our parents came in with our basketball coach, and they sat down, and they said, hey, like, here's a file um, of ideas, things that we would like to see, and one of these things is we would like to run a um, a girls basketball tournament. You know, the boys have all these tournaments that they can go to around the holidays and winter season is hard because you have the break for Thanksgiving. Uh, we have a break for exams, break for this. So we really need a tournament to get some good quality games in for our girls over the holidays. And I'm like, okay, you know, I've, and at this point, again, reminder, I was 22. And so I'm thinking I've, I've played in plenty of tournaments, but I have no idea what goes on on the back end. So there's a huge transition from being the player to the organizer. And uh, so that's, that was my, again, this was back in 2015. So I was figuring out, okay, how can I run this tournament? So I, I just was like, I got to grind. It's time for me to grind. So I started working my first year, that first winter, I ran a tournament with eight um, pretty local. Um, it was, well, four local and four out-of-state teams, uh, but they were, fairly local. I think the farthest team we had there was Kentucky. Um, so we had an 18 tournament tournament that year. And, um, and from that, the following year, it was a success. And actually our girls team did win. So that was pretty good. That team went to States that year. They're very good. Uh, so I made the parents happy that year. Then after that, I was contacted by somebody who ran a college tournament here. And he said, um, Hey, like I'd, I saw that you guys just ran this lovely tournament there. Um, so what I want to do is I want to hand um, my event off to you. And uh, so I said, well, I don't know. The, the mother that had originally come to me with this tournament idea, her daughter had graduated. That was her senior year. So I said, all right, maybe we could change it up a little bit. So then the following year, I worked, uh, I took over this other company. And um, so we did the, we called it the Naples Holiday Shootout. And so from that one, we did 16 teams and it was, we had from 10 different states and actually we had two teams from Canada. And we worked, partnered with a man over at uh, ESPN and he helped get like state rankings for the players and the teams and stuff all across the nation. Um, so that was pretty helpful. We had sponsors, uh, we live streamed. That was actually the year we were the first team our first school in South Florida to get the pick slot unit. So we, we got that installed for this so we could live stream for all our teams across the country. Uh, they could watch it back home. And so that was 
another great piece to this tournament was that we were able to do that for them. So we had all these high schools here from all across the country ran that. Um, we did that for two years. And then after that, um, another company called uh, uh, Basketball Destinations, the guy Craig Stevens, he said, you know, I've been seeing what you're doing. Um, and now I want, I want to do all that stuff that you're doing, but I want to do it. And I'm like, okay, well then I'll, I'll step aside and you can run. So he's used to running tournaments and he runs them for college teams now. So he's been doing that the last two years. He runs division three tournaments at our school. Um, and, you know, I'll help supply him with workers and stuff. And he uses our campus. We've got a college like campus here that the kids, you know, they show up on campus and they're still like, wow. So they like coming here. Um, and then this coming winter, we're actually doing a division one tournament over the holiday break. So it's just opened lots of doors for us to host. Uh, we're one of the only college-sized basketball courts in South Florida at a high school. Um, so that definitely does keep lots of doors open for us and we keep on letting people in them. So it's working out well for us. No, I remember when you were first telling me about it, I'm just going, wow, you know, this is uh, incredible. You know, uh, again, young person, but you know, a tremendous go-getter. Uh, you know, hats off to you. And I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say, you know, it's that CMAA project, you know, just waiting to happen. So uh, there, I got it in. We'll um, it. Yes, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, NIAAA and FIAAA. You know, uh, again, we, uh, um, we just had our board of directors meeting for our listeners. You know, uh, Amber's a member of our board uh, and has been for a number of years. But Again, share with our listeners um, how you got involved, you know, with the state association, and now you know you're also involved at the national level as well. Yeah, so I had a fun time getting involved, and I still do. Obviously, I wouldn't I wouldn't be a part of it if it wasn't a great group. Um, my first year, um, I think it was the state conference that you guys had in Orlando in May of 2016. So that was the end of my first year working in athletics that um, my boss kind of said, hey, there's these conferences uh, that you can probably find online. You can sign up for them. And I'm like, so I did my research. I asked around. And so I went to my first conference. I didn't know what was going on. Um, but I remember I, I took a full load of classes, four classes. I attended all the breakouts and I took it so seriously. And, and I, I still do, obviously, because I'm still around. And, um, but I remember going to my first class there and it was one of the legal courses. And I was like uh, listening to them talk about all these, all these lawsuits and things like that. And so there's one thing that comes from the experience of being on the job. And then there's another whole nother set of, you know, knowledge that you get from these courses and stuff that are offered at these conferences. And it was just mind blowing to me thinking, wow, like so much stuff that I need to learn to to be ready and prepared to do my job as good as I can. Um, so that's when I knew this was, this was a good thing that I just started on here. And, um, and so from there, I actually, it was in one of the hospitality suites at the conference where I started talking to, there was Cam Harrison and uh, Russell Wambles caught my ear for quite a while. If you know him, he can do that. And uh, so we talked for a couple hours and by the end of it, he was telling everybody, we got to get her, we got to keep her around. We got to get her on a board somewhere. She's, you know, she's young, she's ambitious and she'll do whatever is needed essentially, which is not wrong. So uh, from there, 
um, I think it was the next year that there was an opening uh, for the district director in my area and uh, my name was put in to fill in for it. So I filled in for the district 13 director. Um, and then once my time was up for that, um, then I was brought on as the at large for special events. And so at the conferences, you know, now I'm running the cornhole tournament and stuff, which is just fun, fun stuff for the people to enjoy, you know, when there's a little bit of downtime at the conferences, because they are super busy and you're running around all the time from 730 in the morning to 730 at night, attending classes, breakout sessions and everything. Um, so it's good to get, you know, something else in there to kind of relax a little bit. So that's kind of what I do now. Um, and I remember also at my first conference, I had a little conversation with uh, Jerry Kelly before that breakfast on Monday morning before everybody leaves. And uh, I remember her telling me, she was like, you know, you really do got to hang around and you got to be a part of this group as much as you can and you got to get involved and you need to do this. And she was like, you could be me. And she probably doesn't even remember talking to me that day, but I'll always remember her saying like, you could be me. And I was like, wow, I could be her. So it's good to just, you know, I was, I was so young and new and fresh. I was looking up to everybody that I met. Everybody was a role model to me then. Well, and again, I remember that first time I met you, uh, it was that enthusiasm, that desire to, to learn, to get involved, and, and you have. And uh, Again, I think uh, Amber's selling herself a little bit short. You know, she started assisting on that special events committee. Now she's running it. Uh, you know, she's the chair, and uh, she's doing a great job for our organization. Okay. Uh, let's go and talk about COVID. Um, it certainly had its impact across the country and, and here in our own state in Florida. Uh, and we've seen a variety of responses. You know, some states uh, have opened business as usual. Um, some have, um, you know, canceled sports or moved the seasons around. And even in our own state, um, you know, we have schools that are just now, for our listeners, we're recording this on September 24th. Um, we have schools that are just now getting back on campus. So uh, we, we know the response is a little bit different. So Amber, uh, my question is, what's happening right now in uh, Southwest Florida, you know, what's happening at Community School of Naples as far as return to school as well as return to play? So our reopening has been running pretty smooth. I have to say we haven't had any issues um, or any cases, no breakouts. Um, and I will say that our board was nervous at first um, with reopening. We, obviously, we had the option to go full online, um, but, you know, we wanted to give the people what they wanted and and so it was our job as a school uh, to figure out how to do that safely and they've done a wonderful job we've got a whole board of directors with doctors on the board and the doctors that we have have been amazing with you know making sure that we're not only being safe but feeling safe um, so we have lots of stuff in place here uh, masks are to be worn at all times indoors and outdoors uh, we have an outdoor campus here so it's not a traditional we don't have hallways there's no bells um again we're a college prep school so you know the class ends and the kids go outside they're not hanging around inside um when they go from class to class they still have to have their mask on outside uh, we have a dining hall here and everybody has to stand six feet apart. We have the, the line from the dining hall wraps all the way around. We have a brand new building, a new science center here. 
they have tape marked six feet apart all the way around the whole new building for this lunch line for the kids to get their food. Um, but they've done a nice job. All the food is now prepackaged to go. So instead of going in and, you know, you pick your own stuff, we used to have basically, we had a whole salad bar, we had a whole sandwich bar. Uh, that stuff has changed dramatically. Everything is now in to-go boxes. So you go in, you get a little shopping bag. It's really fun. And then you take like your meal, you get sandwiches and everything. So that's wonderful. Um, that keeps everybody safe. That's probably the, uh, in the school day, maybe one of the most challenging places to keep safe is the dining hall. Um, that's a chance for the kids to socialize and be around each other and not be sitting in a desk still. Um, so I think we've done a really good job with that. But then in terms of athletics, uh, we temp check everybody that comes in to the building, fans, players, everybody. Um, we're running at a 25% capacity right now for indoor and outdoor events. Uh, for, so for our volleyball, um, that's a little bit easier. The teams are smaller, so they get four family members per person. Um, our football games, that's outdoor stadium, and we've got an 1,100 uh, person capacity new stadium out there. And so um, the kids are able to bring four family members for that. Um, so we've been keeping everybody, you know, socially distanced, clean. We've set up, there's hand sanitizer pumps all around campus outside. Uh, we've got all the awesome, uh, you know, the signage from BSN. So we work with BSN and we got all their stuff all around campus. When you step on our campus, you know that we're working with them. Uh, it's everywhere. So no one's ever confused and everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows that we're a mask school and we're clean and we're, you know, we're socially distanced. Uh, two questions. Um, what are you doing with regards to ticketing? Have you, are you online ticketing? You uh, do it, uh, you know, cash? You know, what's, what are you doing with ticks? No. So what we do is, like I said, so we're at 25% capacity. To us, that means four family members per person. And for visitors, for volleyball, they're allowed four family members per person. For football, it's two family members per person because their rosters are bigger. So we get their rosters ahead of time. Um, if they have you know, 40, um, if they have 40 kids on their roster, then they get two per person. We got to check them off as they come through. So, um, and then same for volleyball. Um, we have their rosters. We check them off as they come through. We have uh, in our bleachers, we have stickers like sit here. Um, so we kind of try to cluster the family members together, uh, keep them in groups of four inside and outside. We have sections uh, outside. Um, for our home fans, that is, we have sections of freshman, sophomore, senior, junior section um, for everybody to sit together by family over there. And we hand out the four tickets for our kids. We hand them to the kids on Wednesday before their Friday games. Um, and they're, you know, we have written on the back of their tickets, you know, O'Malley 1, O'Malley 2, O'Malley 3, O'Malley 4, and everyone gets a bracelet. So we know who's, and especially, I don't know how we ended up being this lucky, um, but we've had four straight home games and it's, <laughs> it's been stressful, but it's been great. We're lucky to be able to do this and have the fans that we're allowed to have right now. Mm -hmm. uh, one challenge that we've had, and I've talked to some other ADs, uh, not so much for volleyball, but for football games, um, is the uh, tendency of students to want to clump together. Uh, and, have you had that uh, challenge? And if so, you know, how do you, how'd you deal with it? Um, not quite exactly that challenge, but we've had the, um, 
the kids try and come. So we're not allowing our students to come unless they're family members. Mm -hmm. So if we have 40 kids on our football team, then that means four family members per person. And we're strict about it. Our headmaster stands at the gate with our ticket takers and there is no exceptions. Nobody is getting in that shouldn't be here. And they try every week. They, they'll always try and I'll give them credit for trying, but uh, the rules are rules. And, you know, so we got to tell them they got to be patient. And when they're allowed to come, they'll, they'll be able to come and we'll be happy to have them. Okay. Well, again, uh, hopefully, you know, when this, by the time this is aired, uh, you know, things will be still trending in a positive direction. We'll be able to have more kids, more students at the, uh, at the games. Yeah. Um, another question we've been asking our ADs on, on the podcast. Uh, last spring, you know, in addition to COVID, we also saw a real increase in the awareness of um, social issues, you know, social justice, if you will. Uh, the events in Minneapolis and Atlanta and then, you know, a month or so ago in Wisconsin. Um, and my question is this, what are some things that, that we can do as athletic directors? Uh, what can we do better uh, in this area of, you know, social awareness? Yeah, so um, I guess the simple solution to this, or the simple answer to this question is, um, you know, we just had to preach to our, our players and our coaches um, to always be a part of the solution, not the problem. Whatever it is, um, whatever social issue it's in regards to, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And that starts with our, it starts with us as administrators and, you know, the trickle effect where it'll go down. We got to push this on to our coaches. And, and then from there, our coaches can push it on to our players to be to be outstanding citizens on the field, off the field, in the classroom, at the grocery store, wherever it is, um, you know, you have your beliefs and that's great. You stand up for your beliefs. Um, and, but just know that, you know, you might not always be able to change everyone else's. So, and that's okay. So whatever it is, just be a part of the solution and not the problem. Right. I appreciate you sharing that. Let's go and shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, I always ask the athletic directors, you know, what's your favorite part of the job? And, and we always say, you know, it's about the kids. And it is, you know, of course, we love being with the kids. But outside of that aspect, you know, what are some of your favorite parts of being an athletic director at Community School in Naples? What gets you excited about coming to work each day? Uh, I guess I have two answers to that. I have a favorite part of being an AD and then a favorite part of being an AD here. Um, my favorite part of being here is, um, so we started this uh, global exchange program kind of where, um, you know, the students that are uh, student athletes, they're not able to enjoy the same experiences that um, our other students are able to, you know, they have, um, we send our kids to California, we send our kids to Spain, we have kids going everywhere for all these different clubs and stuff and their classes and their field trips. Um, and our student athletes don't necessarily get to enjoy that because they'll be missing, you know, a week of sports and they can't do that or they don't want to do that. Um, so what we've been able to do is we've partnered up with Global Football Foundation. And from there, we've been able to send our football team to Ireland, our volleyball team to Italy. Um, and we were actually supposed to do our football and cheer again this past August to Ireland. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for obvious reasons. Um, so we're hoping to get that going as soon as we can. I was looking forward to seeing the Notre Dame Navy game, but not this time. Um, that's 
probably my favorite part of being here, but my favorite part in general, I would probably say is honestly signing day is the best, you know, seeing the kids sign to, you know, their dream schools and, you know, they're up there with their parents and they're talking about their time here and hearing the coaches talk about them and their performance over the last couple of years and lots of these kids. And I've been here five years now. So the kids that are now signing, I remember them in middle school and, you know, that's, there's big changes that happen from middle school to high school, middle school, you know, you might be a punk. And now this child is signing. He's not that kid anymore. He's signing to his school and he's going off to do bigger, greater things. And he's thanking, you know, us for us helping him. And it's just, it's wonderful. It's honestly emotional. It's like a wedding. (laughs) So that's probably my favorite part of being, being here. Yeah, oh, you made me think of uh, some of the signing days that we've done. You're right; those are just uh, they're the best. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Amber, this has been uh, great catching up with you, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always awesome. like to uh, wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, uh, even though uh, you know some people might say you're a young AD, you're certainly a uh, an experienced AD and a successful one at that. But I'm tasking you was sending out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three things are going to go in Amber O'Malley's athletic director toolbox? Um, Probably the first thing that I would say um, would be to don't be afraid or discouraged by uh, wearing multiple hats. Um, You know, it's something that, especially as a new AD, Um, you might get thrown into, you know, doing things that you never thought you'd be doing before, Um, you know, outside of your normal, you know, you're not just a coach, you're not just, uh, you know, a teacher to your coaches, you're also now a facilities person, you're also now an IT person learning how to work the scoreboards and LED boards, video boards and all that stuff, you know, this stuff is all now on your plate. And just don't be afraid to take all those challenges on and you never know. Uh, what you might be really good at that you never even thought you would. Um, So just whatever gets thrown at you, take it head on and don't be afraid to throw on another cap anytime that happens. And, you know, you're just building yourself and you'll get more comfortable with doing it and you'll surprise yourself. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, I guess uh, the second thing probably would be get involved with the FIAAA, Get, get involved with your state association Uh, Because again, like you'll learn so much more than you thought you ever would. There's so much more information out there. Um, And, you know, the best thing for anybody is always experience. Um, So you grow through experience, but, uh, but the information and knowledge that you'll get from taking courses and breakout sessions and stuff like that will prepare you for those experiences that you will have. Um, And simple like networking stuff. So Um, I would definitely say that. And uh, maybe the last thing um, is to just take time for yourself. And, um, you know, you have to be the best person that you can be uh, to push that on to everybody else around you, everyone that you're working with, everyone that you're coaching, teaching. Um, You have to be, you know, your number one version of yourself. And people will see that. So you have to enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy it, you know 
take time to go home and not check your email sometimes and just watch a movie or whatever it is. And on the weekend, sometimes don't be on call 24 seven and just take that time because you need to be happy uh, to enjoy what you're doing and that'll be important, but it pays off. Oh, absolutely. Great advice. And uh, again, uh, uh, coming from somebody who uh, who talks the talk and also walks the walk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amber, uh, continued success, um, not just uh, for your teams, uh, but for you and uh, to our listeners. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening to the Educational AD podcast. Remember, these episodes are also available to watch on the Educational AD FIAAA YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening.